before we begin this week's show, I would like to ask everyone, if you could please pray, please, please, please pray with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind for our dear friend and brother of the show, Mike S. Uh, for those of you who do not know Mike S., he was uh, he did a show with me back in season two, episode eight. Uh, where he pretty much shared his entire life story, all of it, raw as it could be. It was truly beautiful from an amazing and beautiful being. Uh, Mike was taken to the emergency room this past week. Uh, his pacemaker defibrillator uh, went off three times, shocking him three times at home, which means he's having a major cardiac arrest. Uh, incident. Um, and once he got to the hospital, it shocked him another five times. So infinite blessings that he had the defibrillator with his pacemaker, or he may not be with us right now. So Mike's been in the hospital all week. Um, he may get to come home today, hopefully. Um, what is going on is um, there are three arteries that need to be burned and severed that are giving misreadings to his heart, causing it to uh, go into arrest for the, you know, it to be just going erratic and not good. So um, this is something that he has been aware of and something that we've been praying for Mike S for quite some time that he would not have to have the ablation, but it's inevitable. It's, it's got to happen now for him to be with us and to stay with us. And we desperately and definitely want Mike around. He is so active in his community, in his church, in his band. Um, he's also helping uh, young orphans in Uganda. Um, it, he's just an amazing being. Again, go check out season two, episode eight, and you'll you'll learn real quick about Mike. He's just such an amazing being. And you know, so again, he will probably get to come home today. He is stable, but once he gets home, he can't do literally anything but lay down, eat, use the restroom, and that's it. Um, his doctor's trying to get him scheduled for the beginning of February. They have the ablation done. Um, he had a um, angiogram done on Thursday, fr no, Friday. Hit angiogram done on Friday. They just want to make sure that he didn't have any blockages that were going to interfere with the ablation. And infinite blessings that he does not. Those of you who are uh, familiar with my Facebook page um, know about this because I've been posting about it and updates all week. Uh, but anyway, um, if we could, please, please, please keep Mike and our S in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. I would so much appreciate it, folks. And I will keep you all up to date um, as new information comes along. Hello, and welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe that the divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble, most of us don't know they exist or existed. My name is Reverend Angel Wise, and the goal of this show is to educate, uplift, encourage, heal, motivate, and inspire you and your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. So feel free to grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, your favorite blanket, sit back and relax in your favorite chair or sofa, and enjoy the show. If you're driving, 
please don't do this. Enjoy the show and have a cup of coffee or tea, but keep driving. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? I so hope and pray. You, I know maybe I should have paused there for a moment. Yes. How are you all doing? I so hope and pray that you all are well and blessed. Infinite thanks, blessings, and love for being here with us, being part of this online family. You all are so very precious, sacred, and important. Never, ever doubt that or forget that. So thank you all. Infinite thanks for tuning in. It is my deepest hope and prayer that you find everything you're looking for in a podcast, especially faith-based podcast here and more. If you're new, welcome. I hope you find everything and more here and that you continue to keep coming back. There's so much here. We get into so many things and it's fun. It's uplifting. It's encouraging. It's inspiring. We've got tons of old episodes. I should say old episodes, previous episodes. If you want to check those out, uh, just dive in. There's so much here for everyone. And if you're returning infinite thanks, blessings, and love to you for being a long-time and faithful listener. It is because of you that this show is here. So before we get into the topic, I want to know, what do you guys think of the sound? You're thinking the sound of what? <laughs> the sound of my voice. Does it sound better than it did on previous recordings? The reason I ask is that uh, my wife Haven in Suntown got me as part of many things they got me to help improve the show and everything um, is a wireless mic. This way I'm not speaking into the hiney of my phone <laughs> directly and having it so close to my mouth. Now I have a wireless lapel mic. So I'm interested to let to, for you all to let me know. What do you think? How does it sound? I think it sounds 100% better um, especially the highs and lows and, you know, everything in the mids. It's really very well-rounded, and it's so much better than holding a phone up to my mouth and recording. And I know you all probably get sick of that. But anyway, let me know what you think. So the title of this week's show is called Seeing in the Darkness. Now, many of you might be saying, what in the world is he talking about now? Well, um, Labels, 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 you know, Libby's, Libby's, Libby's on the label, label, label. If you like it, like it, like it on the table, table, table. Those of you my age or older will remember that jingle. <laughs> but anyway, there's so many labels for what I refer to as darkness. People say, you know, evil, Satan, the devil, demonic, and it just goes on and on and on. I use the term um, darkness because I personally feel our culture has literally beaten to death and misused those previous labels to such an extent that for the most of us, it has no effect on us at all. If someone says Satan, you know, you probably think of Dana Carvey's church lady impression of Satan, you know, it, it brings to you something comical, which it shouldn't. Uh, devil, you know, you think of um, some guy with a pitchfork, it's all red, you know, um, demonic. We see this in the paranormal all the time. Um, you know, not to single anybody out, but 
If you watch ghost adventures, everything paranormal they find, they claim is demonic. See what I'm saying here is that these words, these labels have lost their uh, significance, have lost their power, have lost their importance to jog our minds into saying, oh, wait a minute, stop sign. You know, we don't see it as a stop sign anymore. So I use the term darkness because to me that is a fairly fresh label that has not been tainted uh, by our culture and society and media. And that if you say, you know, darkness, it really can have many labels or excuse me, layers of meaning to it. And none of it is good, you know. So that is what I use for it. So what in essence we're going to be talking about today is seeing in the evil, seeing in the darkness, you know, when we're faced with these things, what is it? How do we know? You know, what is something that's demonic? What is something that's the devil? Um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, 13, and 15, and those of you who are non-Christian, hang on. This is going to be really good. I'm just using uh, some Bible verse here and there to um, for those who are Christian because I know a lot of them are already smacking the phone, screaming at me, saying, what do you mean you're not using the word Satan or the devil or so? Anyway, just bear bear with me. Um, again, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15, Paul says, The fact is that such men are pseudo-emissaries. They tell lies about their work and masquerade as emissaries of the Messiah, meaning you know, people pretending to be the Messiah, people pretending to be God, people pretending to be Jesus. We see this a lot today in all cultures and all faiths. We see this from televangelists to uh, mega churches, to popes, to uh, bishops, archbishops, priests, um, monks, nuns of all faiths, um, priests, did I say priests already? Ministers, any kind of clergy, and even people, just plain everyday people who have this God complex that they think they are the end all to be all. Paul continues by saying, there is nothing surprising in that, for the adversary himself masquerades as an angel of light. So it's not no great thing if his workers masquerade as servants of righteousness. They will meet the end their deeds deserve. In this passage, I took the translation from the complete Jewish Bible. This is something new that I have discovered that is an amazing interpretation or translation, I should say, of um, the Hebrew Old and New Testament into today's language. And I'll point this out because in other forms of the Bible, the translation for adversary reads Satan. So when if I would have said, surprising in that for the advers for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light, you probably wouldn't just glossed over it. Okay, here's another Satan reference that you know I'm so familiar with it, it doesn't phase me one bit. But where I say adversary, that brings on something different. That's a different meaning. That means something that is against you, an adversary, an enemy, something that is against you and your well-being and that of your friends, family, and all those around you. So speaking of Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to label him, or it, I should say, don't say him, it, because um, angels do not have uh, gender. Um, 
from my beliefs and from my um, studies. I have not found that they have gender. Um, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call it, does not look like this cracks me up. The Greek god Pan. So those of you who have this vision in your mind of the artists, many artists over the centuries, who always depict the devil or Satan or Lucifer as a man with horns, legs, and a tail of a goat, a thick beard, a stubbed nose, and pointed ears, and usually red. That's actually, minus the red part, what the, they, the Greeks believed the god Pan was. Have you ever heard of the term the Pan flute? You would should picture Pan in your mind playing the flute, who is half man, half goat. But the thing is, is Pan wasn't in the Greek mythology was not bad. He wasn't a bad god. He's a god of the wild, shepherds and flocks, rustic music and impromptus, and a companion of nymphs. He has the hindquarters, legs, and horns of a goat in the same manner as a fawn or a satyr with his homeland in rustic Arcadia. He is also recognized as the god of fields, groves, wooded glens, and often affiliated with sex. Because of this, Pan is connected to fertility in the season of spring. So we see, we see poor Pan. The, the motivation and intention behind this, um, this myth, this god, whatever you believe, I respect that if you believe Pan is, is real, just like you respect if I say Jesus is real or God is real. Um, is that my point is, is that there's nothing negative or dark about Pan or what Pan represents. Artists over the centuries and Christians have taken this image and have twisted it into a physical representation, excuse me, representation of an energy being or energy beings. Because I've seen uh, demons depicted as the same, the same look, you know, the horns, the, the face with the goatee and, you know, the same thing. So again, you we see how these depictions that we have been exposed to all of our lives lose their meaning and effect on us. Um, you see one now, you're like, oh, look, there's a picture of the devil, or look, there's a picture of Satan. Well, no, maybe that's a painting of Pan. So poor Pan, again, being depicted in today's culture, or I have to say in the past 100 or 200 years as a negative thing instead of as a positive thing as it was meant to be. So again, we, as humans, we have to put a label on something. We have to name it, and then we have to have a, an image of it. You know, we're all about images and idols and things of that nature. It helps our human mind to try to make some kind of sense of it, to, to try to wrap around it, so to speak. However, the darkness will come and appear in any way, shape, or form. And often, as Paul noted in the Second Corinthians thing, is that they will, it, I should say they, it will appear 
as something light. It will appear as something positive. As Father Richard Rohr likes to say is, you know, the devil, which he uses that term, the devil is not going, and the demons will not appear to you as, you know, red people with pitchforks. They're going to appear to you as the most beautiful, finest thing in the most finest suit or finest dress. They are that alluring and that conniving and subtle that they can slide right in. And I'll get into that here in just a moment. But first, I have to state or restate because we've said it in previous shows and even uh, the shows I've had with Father Mike Cantor from last season. Check those out if you haven't. Uh, we talk about this, is that we are all created with free will, meaning we have the ability to make choices. I personally don't feel that our lives are pre-planned and or etched in stone. Newton's third law says each action has a reaction. It's no different in our lives and in the lives of those around us. That's important. So hold this thought in your mind, is that each action has a reaction in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Also, please add, vice versa. Other people influence and affect us. So whatever they do, whatever their actions are, affects us if they're around us, if they're related to us, if they're connected to us. So again, hold those in your head as we continue. So biblically, humans are higher than angels. Important to keep in mind. Remember, Lucifer, if you subscribe to this, was a fallen angel. Okay? As a fallen angel or angel period, it has less power than we do. It does not, it cannot control us without us allowing it. Now, this is a key phrase here, folks, is darkness cannot control you unless you allow it. Okay? So, the darkness cannot make you do anything. And you might say, well, what about possession? We'll get into that in just a moment. It can only influence and assist you with doing what you intentionally or unintentionally allow it to do. You always heard of the term, or have you heard of the term, be careful what you ask for or pray for or wish for? Classic stories go way back in centuries with, you see, a genie in a lamp. You know, you get the lamp and you get three wishes, but be careful what you wish for. Because, you know, those of you of the nature faiths know that when you're doing spell work, you've got to be so very careful what you are asking for. So say you're asking for uh, someone to be healed. You know, you want to be very specific about it because you don't want that person to be healed and then somebody else next to them or even you become ill. You know, it's very important that we're specific with our prayers as well, you know, when we pray. That's why I always like, again, you'll always hear me say this, to pray the Father Solanus, or excuse me, Blessed Father Solanus Casey way, from gratitude, thanking the divine for healing, thanking the divine, the divine, thanking in advance 
So your prayer is a gratitude prayer, thanking the divine for something it is going to do that it has not done yet. Our culture and media easily influence us to do what we shouldn't do. Call it darkness or whatever you wish. Truth is, we allow it to influence us. We are weak and lazy. And I do have to say that, folks. I mean, I'll even raise my hand with it, especially with technology. It makes us so lethargic and makes us think using our own mind less and less because everything is at the touch of your phone or just your speech and asking your phone. But we can overcome this. It, it takes consistent work to walk in the light. And we'll cover this more here in just a moment. So how do we see and know when darkness is whispering to us and influencing us? I mean, my answer is, does it come from love and light? Or does it come from someplace else? There's two keys to this. That which is dark does two things or asks of you two things, separation and superiority. When we allow, that's a key word there, allow the darkness into us, it will immediately separate us from others. And doing this there, we are easily more influenced. Again, remember, we have free will. Remember the saying, there's strength in numbers. So, or united we stand, divided we fall. The very same thing applies here, that if you turn yourself to darkness or allow darkness into your life, um, it's all-consuming. It is a very fast-spreading cancer or poison. And here's an example, folks. What do people do when they're sad and depressed? I mean, we've all suffered from sadness and depression. What's one of the first things we do? We shut down. We isolate ourselves from others. Do we share that with others? Do we communicate that sadness or depression with others? And, hey, look, I'm not feeling so good or I'm going through this or that. No, we usually just suppress it. We push it down. We shut down and we don't communicate. So what is that in essence doing? That's allowing that darkness into your life. See, these things are so subtle and so without knowing, without, you know, intentionally doing this. It's just very unintentional because, again, you don't want to bother anybody. You don't want to, you know, be a burden. But see, what is that again? That's the darkness saying to you or making you or helping you uh, play into that, I'm a burden. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to do this, or I'm this, or I'm that. All of that negativity is darkness. And next is superiority. When we allow the darkness into us, we feel superior to everyone. We know more than anyone. Our way is the only way. This goes on and on and on. I sadly personally see this a lot, especially with priests bishops, ministers, pastors, clergy, they get on such a power trip that once they get this label or this title, they feel superior. You know, well, you listen to me because, well, here's an example. I recently um, was speaking with a bishop and the bishop was talking about a priest that 
they had you know locked horns with and disagreed with. And the bishop made the comment that the priest should adhere to what he, the bishop, is saying because he is a bishop. Now that should send up a red flag. You know, this bishop is saying, believe me, do as I say, because I'm a bishop. Turn your free will off. Do as I say. That's, that's darkness. Even if that bishop, which I'm sure he didn't, he's a very loving and amazing person, he did not intentionally mean to, for that to come that, out that way, but that's how it is. That's what it is, is that you, you can't you know, force somebody into your box. You can't force a square peg into a round hole no matter how many times you hammer it. So by hammering it, you're only causing what? Harm. So, you know, again, we need to embrace and love each other, as Father Mike Cantor says, where we are. And we'll cover more of that here in just a moment. So I'm not picking on the clergy. It's Power is everywhere, sadly. I mean, you see it in wealthy people. Uh, you see people that uh, have a title or label um, that make them feel superior, you know, like a sergeant, lieutenant, general, award winner, you know, even people just put that spin on it themselves by saying, you know, I'm this or I'm that, you know, remember what I asked you all to keep in your mind before that each action has a reaction in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Again, Newton's third law. So the darkness, when permitted to influence us, not only affects us but all of those around us, especially our loved ones. You might say, oh, it's okay to look at other people with lust, or, oh, no one will miss this if I take it, or I deserve this, or I deserve that. Again, the list goes on and on and on. Others, deep in the darkness, affect and influence us as well. So here's where we get into those of us who believe in possession. What is possession? Possession to me is where someone who has allowed the darkness to consume them. And it's very, very easy to do, folks, once it gets into you. I mean, we all have darkness in us to some degree. As, as I was just saying, when you're sad or depressed, do you share that with somebody and, and, and seek help? Or do you just squash it down inside saying, well, you know, I don't want to bother nobody. I don't want to be a burden. So that's, that's, you know, that's one example. My son, Talon, was just recently sharing with me a story uh, that he found where this woman who had believed to have been suffering from anxiety and depression for years was so um, in need of help. And no matter what doctors would do, no matter what medications they prescribed, they couldn't help her. Nothing helped. And then they found out she's possessed. After several exorcisms, she's doing much better, and she's responding to the medical help. See how that works together there. Uh, I firmly believe that as well. Uh, anytime you do any kind of exorcisms or things of that nature, is that you must have doctors involved in you know, helping them mentally and physically heal. But you see, it's very easy. Someone who was just so consumed 
by darkness um, where they couldn't see light. The light is always there. You just have to open your eyes. But if you have your eyes closed, you're not going to see it. You're not going to experience it. And I know it's, it's easier said than done, but it can be done. I mean, it's so important. This is where our faith comes in, again, regardless of what your faith is or isn't. And then speaking of faith and help with faith, this would be a good place to talk about just a little quick note about the Oblates of Perpetual Light. We'll join our regularly scheduled program after these messages. Sorry to interrupt the show, folks, but I do have a question for you really quick. Are you looking for something to help you with your faith? Are you searching for your faith? I have just the thing for you. It's called the Oblates of Perpetual Light. This is a group I have just created uh, that I am the director of, that its goal is to help others strengthen and deepen their faith, no matter what it is or isn't, and also to help those who are interested in discovering their faith, something that fits them. And it's also a community of people that love and respect everyone, regardless of what their faith is or isn't, what their gender is or isn't, what their marital status is or isn't. There are just four things that go for the Oblates of Perpetual Light that are required. And if you go to the website, you can find those out. It's very easy, and it's probably stuff you're already doing already. So for more information on becoming an Oblate, and I have to say one thing real quick is the Oblates of Perpetual Light is a safe place. You are completely safe with the Oblates. No harm will come to you, only love, support, and respect. So the website for the Oblates, please check that out first, is Oblates. P-L, O-B-L-A-T-E-S-P-L dot Wixsite.com forward slash Oblates dash P-L. Or you can contact me at Oblates dot P-L at gmail.com. And I'll have links to both of these in the show notes and descriptions. I hope to see you as an Oblate very soon. Now joined your regularly scheduled programming already in progress. Okay, so what do we do to combat, overcome, see, shine through the darkness, pump up the light? That sounds like a song, pump up the jam, put in light, pump up the light, um, and, and get through this and live through the light instead of living through or in the darkness, living with our eyes closed. And doesn't it feel like that, folks? It's so much of our lives are spent in the darkness, you know, and... That's not what we were created for. That's not what we are intended for. We are to be beacons of light and love to not only ourselves, but to all those around us. And we can do this. We can achieve it. So how can we do this? How can we open our eyes and turn on the light, become the light? The way to do it is to become more mindful and aware with each moment. This takes work and consistent work. To because we're so used to being on autopilot, our lives just play out as they play out, our mind does as it does. We watch what we watch, we listen to what we listen to without any thought of what we are consuming, just like our food. You know, we go through the drive through and, and order something from a fast food restaurant, not thinking for a moment 
what we are putting into our bodies, the cancerous food that we are putting into our bodies, we do the same thing with our mind and with our spirit or soul, however you want to refer to it. So we've got to turn off the autopilot. You know, if you're familiar with aircraft, with flying, you know, when you have the autopilot on, everything's set, the instruments, you know, it just does its own thing. Um, we've, and you just sit back. And that's kind of how we are with life. We just do and allow whatever happens. And we live in that darkness. And, you know, when bad things happen, we say, well, poor me, this happened. And we just keep going with more dark and more negative And, you know, we can take control. There are things in our lives that we can change. Remember, we're co-creators. The things in our lives we can take control of. Now, for those who have, you know, serious illnesses and things of that nature, I understand uh, your feeling of um, loss, of not being in control. But there is a lot you can control. I mean, I'm living with heart failure, um, with an expected life expectancy from where I'm at now, uh, approximately three to seven years. Or so, yeah, two, excuse me. Wow, that went by. Two to seven years. Um, also add to that that I'm uh, a type 2 diabetic and also add to that that I have diabetic retinopathy. Also add to that that I just recently found that my C1 vertebrae is so compressed it's up underneath my skull pressing on my brain and also my neck is so messed up with arthritis and can being compressed that it's putting pressure on two of the main nerves that go to my heart. But there's stuff I can do. There's a lot I can do. Eat right, exercise, be as positive as possible, um, get help. You know, I'm seeking, uh, you know, thanks to Haven, I'm going to an amazing chiropractor. Uh, those of you who are, follow me on Facebook, seeing the x-rays and, and seeing my little uh, notation of that experience. Um, you know, just to take charge, be more positive. That in and of itself, crank that light up and it will shine through the darkness. The darkness cannot stand the light. Become closer to your faith. That's a way to do it as well. We just mentioned it in an advertisement for the uh, Oblates. Joining the Oblates Perpetual Light will greatly help you. Or becoming more involved with your church, temple, congregation etc. The more light you bring and keep in your life, the less darkness will be able to influence you. Distance yourself from those who negatively influence you, those who pull you into the darkness. An example, negative people can influence us negatively. Complainers, oh, I don't like this. How many of us have been around somebody uh, close to us or somebody at work that's negative Nelly or negative Ned, and they just keep going on and on and on about how this is bad and that person's bad and this is ugly and that's bad and I hate this and I hate that and I'm, uh, you know, doom and gloom. And before you know it, we're doing the same thing. I'm like a little parrot. We're saying the same things. Oh, I don't feel right either. And this is my life. And you think your life is bad. And see how that darkness that we're allowing in, it's not intruding on us. It's, it's being allowed into us. So we are opening the door and welcoming it right on in, most of the time unintentionally. So, so very important. 
that we become aware of everything around us, everything going on. So surround yourself with light and light will surround you and your family and everyone you come into contact with. Darkness can't exist in light. And I can't stress that enough or too much. Darkness cannot exist in love. Agape love is what I'm talking about here, not a romantic love. I'm talking about a love that is otherworldly, that's unconditional, that's divine. You know, the divine has that love for us. We can work on having that for others as well. Dig deep into your faith. Your faith is your foundation, your base on which everything else is built and sustained in your life and the lives around you. Stronger your faith, the less darkness will influence you. Again, I know that's easier said than done, but those of you who play the game Jenga know that the, you know, the foundation is everything. You know, when you're pulling out the, the, you know, the cubes, you can't go for the bottom ones first because the whole thing will topple. A weak foundation, a weak base supports nothing. It crumbles. I mean, think of the, the old nursery story or nursery rhyme about the three pigs. You know, one had house of straw. You know, the other one had the house of uh, brick. And what was I forget what the other one is. Yeah, I'm having a senior moment. I'm getting old. But you get, oh, was it wood? Yeah, maybe. With strong wood, similar. But anyway, you get the idea that you've got to have that strong foundation, that strong base. And it's never, it's never too late. Don't say, oh, I'm too old to build my foundation. No, it's you're never too old. As long as you've got this breath in you, this breath of life, this divine breath, really, each breath, it comes from the divine. If you look at the Bible, it says that he breathed, it breathed life into the first humans. So again, that breath, that sacred divine breath, as long as we have that in us, we can work on our foundation. We can change our foundation. We can change the programming on our hard drives. We've talked about this in other shows. We can reformat our hard drives, get all that guck out, that all that conditioned garbage from you know when we were kids and people we interacted with and abuse and so on and so forth. Start today. Start living from today. Stop living from yesterday and the past. That's gone. That will never come back no matter how much you cling to it. No matter how much time you spend remembering it, and precious time, now time that you spend remembering the past. Yes, it's great to reflect and reminisce on things that are good, but all too often we abuse that and use that to focus on the negative in our past, the negative in our lives. And that's wasting moments now, that's wasting life breath, and time that you will never, ever get back. Instead of being awake, eyes open, and focused on right here, right now. And I can't ever state that enough. So thank you all so much, folks, for getting through this. I so hope and pray that 
this has helped you at least some. If you all have any questions, you know you are more than welcome to reach out to me. My contact information is at the end of this show and at the end of every show. This week's prayer requests and update are as follows. I mentioned Mike S. Uh, before the beginning of this show, so let's please, please, please keep Mike S. at the forefront of our, our prayers and practices and our thoughts, him and his family, with everything that he's going through. I had an update on Ray. Uh, he is still home, and um, they're just waiting for chemo to begin again. Or I should say to begin because he was doing radio or radiation therapy, excuse me, before. Uh, now he is uh, going to be scheduled for chemo uh, when they can get to that. Uh, his wife and my sister-in-law, Stephanie, said that he is stable. Uh, but this is very temporary. When he was in the hospital, they drained a bunch of fluid off of the, the good lung, the one that doesn't have cancer or not so much cancer that it doesn't work like the other lung. Uh, but that's, she said, it's just a temporary fix. So the, you know, the fluid will come back. So let's keep Ray and our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Uh, my sister Tanya's husband is still looking for work. Uh, he was let go from his job uh, at, on January 1st. And, you know, because of his age, uh, they're looking strictly at age and not at, you know, 30 plus years of experience in the job that he's been doing and, um, you know, doing quite well. Um, he's highly decorated and um, I don't know, let's just please, please, please pray for them that uh, he finds a job sometime soon that is better than what he was before. And also pray for my sister, Tanya, who's really mentally, spiritually and physically going through so much because she's picking up extra work to try to make ends meet. Also, in need of our prayers are Bob, Elaine, Lana. And I have to add, Lana has a laceration on her foot. Uh, she has not been able to get to a doctor yet. She is very mobily challenged. Uh, so hopefully she can get to a doctor very soon to have that laceration looked at uh, so it does not become septic. Also, prayers for Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Clyde, Kathy, Michael T., Father Mike Cantor, Eddie Cantor, Emma, Jean, Doug, Tracy, Salma, Sister Mercy, Augustine, Cheryl, Risa, Doug Callis, his wife Pam and son, and last but certainly not least, Bishop Ashley, his wonderful and amazing wife Renee, and his children. Okay, so let us now do our blessing. And please, folks, don't forget about all those mentioned in the prayer request. And if you are in need of prayers, again, don't ever hesitate to reach out to me so we can add you, your family, your loved ones, or whomever to our prayers. Let us pray. In nominee, Divi, Lee, Spiritus Sancti. Adonai, God, the universe, the I am that is all. We come before you, thanking you with gratitude and love for each and everything that we have, the things that we are aware of and the very subtle things that we are not aware of. We ask and thank you for your help. We ask and thank you to put what we learn today through our mind and our hearts and into our hands 
so we can put it into our everyday life, everyday practice. Thank you and help us to get out of our heads and into our hearts. Thank you and help us to not judge others. Thank you and help us from all of our inner conflict and pain. Thank you and help us to love ourselves so we can love others. Thank you and help us so we can help others. We thank you for everything with all of our heart, mind, soul, spirit, and strength. Amen. Well, folks, that about does it for this week's show, so I will wrap things up. I so hope and pray that you've enjoyed the show and you've found everything that you're searching for in a podcast and more, especially a faith-based podcast. Don't forget about our YouTube channel. You can watch videos of Angel's Questions, Ask Angel of the Week, uh, my bi-weekly homilies and sermons, audio of our show is up late. This show is going to be on YouTube. You can listen to that as well and so much more. Just go to YouTube dot com forward slash at faith and more podcast and there'll be a link in the show notes and description as always also i'm always open to questions and suggestions we have people listening literally from all over the world there are amazing beings past and present in your country society and culture that we don't know about in the rest of the world but we should please contact me and share these amazing beings so we can share them with the world. Next is prayers. I love to pray and everyone that listens to the show loves to pray. So let us pray for you. My contact information is faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. You can email me directly. You can go to my Facebook page if you have access to that. You can go through the website and contact me through the form on the website. Any way is acceptable and more than welcome. And I so hope to hear from all of you. So until next time, everyone, please have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers. Bless you.